Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again and for the final time of season three to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP! How you doing today? Man, I am doing fantastic. It's one of those bittersweet fantastics. It's the end of the season. Wow. Which is always exciting because we're going out with a monster, but it's sad because it's the last time we'll get to hang out for a bit. So with we, you folks out there. Why did we not do Into the Road by Boys to Men? Oh my goodness. That's what I want to know we right now. We were singing it off air a minute ago. Yeah. We were I'll holding what, hands. I'll tell you why. Because this one is the way to close one out. Eight minutes and 57 seconds Shoot. of pure goodness. Rob, the, tell them what we're talking about. We like to go epic on season finales you guys know this by now so we had to go a song that i was telling jp like I, honestly i haven't listened to in a while this is not something i listen to every day but oh it's so epic and immediately when it when it hits like warm bath just all <laughs> over just give me the warm bath milk and uh, uh that's what i just it just it makes milk. me not even be able to talk right yeah the warm bath milk you know you, you don't do that is that not a thing i don't take baths i'm a shower guy i can't uh, tell you the last time i've taken a bath well i would have probably been like six i'm a bath guy are you when, really when i can like <laughs> okay. once once a week what? i'm a bath guy yeah are you serious yeah i sure. haven't taken a bath in years that's nah. no joke once a week definitely once every like two and weeks i think when i was 16 or 17 i broke my ankle so I had to take a bath because uh-huh. I had to keep my right foot out of the tub. Yeah. But that's probably the last time I've taken a bath. Man, I'm a, like, I'll put on like Hulu, right? <laughs> I'll put on 30 Rock, <laughs> sit it next to me and just chill in the bath. With your Mr. Bubble. Dude, yeah. Oh, right. I mean, I got four kids. We got bubble bath, you that's know, awesome. all over the that's place, awesome. man. Let's just, let's do the thing. Well, whether you're in the shower or whether you're relaxing in your bathtub, here's your jam. Absolutely. Here we go. Let's crank up a little. We're collecting some November rainwater. There you go. It's, and it's using awesome. it for an eco-friendly bath. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> let's, you got Play this. What a disaster. Play the this song. is November rain by Guns N' oh, Roses. Rock and roll. <laughs>
my goodness. That's yes. like a uh, that's the same kind of sound he makes in like Welcome to the Jungle, like right before I want to watch you bleed. But it's like this is the ballad version of that sound, right? He's like, Mwah! like yeah. on, on Welcome to the Jungle, I want to watch you bleed. Yeah, yeah. and then this, this is, is like the. A, like sweet version, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's the same sound. It's just like slowed down a little bit. It's Michael Jackson's hiccup. This is just his thing. Yeah, like he, yeah, exactly. He has the this is his, yes. The <laughs> anyway, uh, I just love that you can like good rock vocalists can make weird sounds and ballads, make and it's it okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so. We're going to get uh, hit a few different sections of this song because it's about to really – we're a full song into this. Like that's three and a half minutes we just played of this, and it's about to kick into second gear, third gear. Fifth gear. And then, there's going to be so many there's gears. There's so many gears by the time it's over with, uh, but it's about to hit a kind of a bridge-ish section, uh, and we'll we'll talk some more about the other sections. So that's just the first couple verses and like – what pre-core? I don't really know. It's I don't know what these different... sections are. There's so yeah. many. It's almost like folk style where you just have verses and then just a couple different sections. Um, man, ugh, I just want to just give me all of it. Uh, by the way, I'm in the bath now. I'm recording. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm recording from the bathtub. Um, so if you hear me splashing around, just don't mind. Um, <laughs> This is uh, November Rain by Guns and Roses from the 1991 album Use Your Illusion 1. Uh, not to be confused with U- Use Your Illusion 2. Uh, released-, released on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't just do a double album. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I'm not exactly sure. but uh, It worked. It worked. Yeah, sure. Maybe it's just because you get double album sale numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. Um but anyway, it's like the thing where Pearl Jam released like 50 live albums on the same day. You remember that a few years back? They released like, seriously, it was something ungodly amount of live actual albums, CDs in stores oh, wow. on the same day. Different cuts from different places. Um, yeah, anyway. This was brazen of them to release it on the same day. And the the amazingness, too, that it this debuted at number two. Because Use Your Illusion Volume 2 debuted at number one. Man. Um, and the thing that makes that so impressive is Kmart and Walmart wouldn't carry it. Really? Because of the use of profanity. So huh. they did all that without Kmart and Walmart. Man. Which, I mean, and what, this is in 1991. Yeah, yeah, 91. How so do you like, sell CDs without Kmart and Walmart? Really? I mean, that's even before the big, the last bastion of CD sales in the United States is Target. Right, that's yeah. the last place you can like just go to a big store and get CDs, mm-hmm. other than a specific music store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that was before even Target was really a big f- player in that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's also when you still had like three music stores at the mall. That's true. You know what I mean? You Sam remember Goody? that Sam Goody? Dang, we didn't have Sam Goody. We had Camelot, and uh, I-, I can't remember. Camelot was my favorite. But we had literally growing up, we had three music stores in the mall and I would just go that's when I loved going to the mall because I would just go to all three of them and you know what I mean just see what was cool see what was new uh, three toy stores man I miss what malls being three good toys, Toys R Us KB Toys and we had something. a Toys R Us outside the mall okay. okay and then inside the mall we had three more we had oh, wow. yeah we had KB um, there was a man it's been so long anyway, like, that's awesome. but yeah uh, having music stores in the mall was great mm-hmm. I really really miss having just some music stores around. I'm hoping that maybe with kind of the reemergence of vinyl, I know there's more That'd like record stores popping up. I would love to have just a local music, music store. store you well, know, I'm in Nashville, in so I, I have some the, of those oh gosh, around. Yeah, them, you but. trip over music stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 1991, written by Axl Rose. Uh, it was actually released as a single in February of 92. Uh, that seems like a missed opportunity because they, they, like, the album came out in 91, they could have released this in November. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that would have been the right timing like a, to do that. Yeah, seems like a missed opportunity, but might have been a little on the nose. And then again, here we are recording it on an episode for May, so what the crap <laughs> do I true. know? That's true. Why did we drop November rain so, in May? <laughs> <laughs> totally different seat. Like, everybody's oh, getting man. ready for, like, Memorial Day. <laughs> and, we're, and we're like, I'll just end up walking. <laughs> Go November rain. <laughs> Marketing <laughs> geniuses we are. <laughs> Whoops! So time, so timely. That'd That's, be like us doing one of the. It's gonna be May. It's gonna be May yeah. in November. It's, yes, That's exactly. Like, let's drop that one. Exactly. 
Uh, it hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100, number four on the UK singles chart, number five in Australia, top ten in several other countries. Platinum sales, the list goes on and on. Uh, this is Here's an interesting note on it. This is the longest song in history to hit the top ten. Yeah, so that's good. third longest to hit the top 100. So that is not... That's <clears throat> not indicative of its time on the list. It's indicative of its length. The length of the song. It edged yeah. out American Pie, which is eight minutes and 37 seconds long. That's correct. 20 seconds longer. Yep. Uh, and the, the longest, the, I got the top five longest okay. Hot 100. Okay, cool. Uh, That's a good so, list. So um, number five is Untitled 07L Levitate by Kendrick Lamar okay. from 2006. Uh, 837, number four is American Pie, parts one and two. Uh, in 1972, number three is November Rain in uh, 1992, and uh, number two is Better Place to Be by Harry Chapin in 1976, and the number one, the longest uh, Hot 100 hit, peaked at number 78, so just barely cracked that top 100 in 2016. Black Star by David Bowie, oh, one of his okay. last, uh, one of his last singles, mm-hmm. nine minutes and 57 seconds, almost there a solid. Feel like he was minutes. just kind of doing that one to keep that one long to win that record. Right? You think so? If when you get up into the nine minute mark, he's like, "This is my last shot, guys. I can feel it. That's right. I'm going out. I'm getting one more, <laughs> getting one more record here. Uh, the shortest, by the way. Here's the opposite of that list. The shortest Hot 100. Delamitri, roll to me. Actually, that's really short, but it doesn't quite make it. Okay, it's very short though. It's like two, two minutes, twelve seconds, barely two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but these start at a minute 20 and get shorter. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Uh, number five, clocking in at a minute 20 seconds. What I've Been Looking For, reprised by Andrew Seeley and Vanessa Ann Hudgens in 2006. Uh, num- 119, Forward, Beyonce, featuring James Blake from 2016, hit number 63. 117, Some Kind of Earthquake, Dwayne Eddy and his... Dwayne Eddy, his twangy guitar, and the Rebels, 1959. 117. Ready? 102, the second shortest song. 102, Little Boxes by the Women Folk, hit number 83 <laughs> in 1964. And number one, the shortest Hot 100 hit of all time, clocking it at a whopping 45 seconds. I feel like we're going to need to play it. We can just listen to the whole thing. Jesus Wept by it's- John. <laughs> Uh, at 45 seconds, PPAP, also known as Pin Pineapple Apple Pen from 2016 by Pico Taro. Have you well, heard this? I don't know the song. Wow. I, don't think. Maybe I mean, I... maybe we should just listen to it. It's only 45 it's seconds of our life. About, yeah. Could, even if we just hear 10 seconds of it. It's I mean. basically the opposite of November Rain in every conceivable way. Um, so, yeah, why don't we get a little taste of the shortest? This is oh, November Rain is among the longest. Let's get, uh, let's get, the, let's get the shortest. Of all time. I have a pen. I have an apple. I can't make it through 40, 45 um, seconds. Apple pen. No, no. I have a pen. I have pineapple. Oh, um, pineapple pen. Apple pen. Pineapple pen. Oh, pen pineapple. Apple pen. If uh, November rain is shower bath time, that's like mud. (laughs) Throw it against dirty. Just that's gross. Oh Uh, man! But the kids love it. Do they really? I've never heard it. Yeah. Oh, it was huge for a hot second, dude. I've never even heard it. Huge. Yeah. It took over for a minute. Uh, It was the YouTube clip. Like it's funny. It originated as a YouTube. It's the baby shark, and then ends up on ends up setting a record on uh, the Billboard Hot 100. Never even heard it. Isn't crazy? Yeah. It was the baby shark of 2016. Yeah. Absolutely. The uh, I did see that this going back to the album sales on this sold 500,000 copies in two hours. Wow. That's like moving. Pretty impressive. That's Taylor Swift kind of numbers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you have a preference on which of the albums you like better? You know, I, I, let me give you which ones are on which one. Yeah. On, on the one with November Rain, they also have Don't Cry and Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. That'll be the red one for those of you guys that are looking at your box cover. So that'll be red, which is Use Your Illusion 1. Yeah. On Use Your Illusion 2, it's blue. Uh, that's got Knocking on Heaven's Door, Civil War, um, and Could You Be Mine, or You Could Be Mine, excuse me. That's the lead single from the Terminator 2, Judgment Day, which has one of the greatest jokes in movie history is they find a gun hidden in a box of roses, Uh, which is amazing. I was like, when? And then I saw it in in my brain. Man, that's a great, great little tip of the cap with that song. I will take take Use Your Illusion 1 uh, as the album. I like November Rain, Don't Cry. If for no other reason than uh, their version of Knocking on Heaven's Door 
is maybe the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> so you like because you hate the other one. I mean, that's all. Yeah, like if for no other reason than that. That's but, funny. But yeah, that's <laughs> the worst. Like, it's so off. It literally sounds like you've seen Billy Madison, right? You know the band that they hire when he graduates third grade? <laughs> yeah. That's literally what Guns N' Roses sounds like on, on uh, Knock Knock. Billy passed the third grade. That's great. Oh, oh man. Oh, what a glorious day. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, so that, that I was can't the, stand it. That was the last album to f- feature Izzy Stradlin on guitar with them. Mm. So we can talk more about that in the Meet the Band section. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Guns N' Roses, and then maybe okay. we'll meet them. How about that? That sounds great. Uh, over 45 million albums sold in their careers, including over 30 just from their debut album, Appetite for Destruction. Great album. Man, the, I love that album. The okay. highest-selling debut album of all time. It's got uh, Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. We, yeah, it could easily you could easily do an album listen episode yeah. of Appetite for Destruction. I think that would be Good. totally called for. I didn't um, like the spaghetti incident. Did you? I don't think that? many people did. It's a cover album of yeah. mainly punk songs. It's not my favorite. Yeah, um, I will say this, and this goes into Steve Earle had a great quote about Guns N' Roses. Uh, he said, "Guns N' Roses are what every LA band pretends to be." Oh, that's like, good. Like, they're actually that. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's, Everybody tries to look tough and hard and cool, and they're actually that. They're really, they really carry a punk attitude into, met or like, rock. hard rock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, he's basically saying that a lot of guys are hard rock in name only, and really they're kind of soft posers. Yep, you know, that's good. Um, but that Guns N' Roses literally is that. And I've seen that to be true. Uh, you know, Axl Rose is getting arrested every 10 seconds. Uh, you know, Slash, like there's all kinds of videos. One of my favorite videos of Slash is he's done a lot of stuff with Michael Jackson over the years, played on various songs of this and that. Um, but I saw a clip of him playing live with Michael Jackson at a huge, you know, Michael didn't, Michael didn't play small venues, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? So it's obviously in front of a huge crowd. And uh, he's playing a solo and um, and he's he's got kind of a, He's supposed to sort of take a minute, right? Like the rest of the band is mm-hmm. stopped and he's whatever, but he won't stop. He just keeps going keeps and going shredding. and going. And literally like, it's a deal where like at first Michael's standing next to him doing like air guitar, you know, and into it. And then he's like, bro, we got to move on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, and so he's try, like physically trying to get him to like stop. Move. Like at first he's trying to be like subtle and you know, whatever. And then if it, it's, so it's hilarious. But Slash is like, I don't give a crap. I'm feeling this. Yeah. You know I'm I mean? in the moment. I'm moving on. It's awesome. So, but yeah, it's great. But they it just out. have that kind of attitude. It's like, you know, just, uh, you we're know. We're going to do what we want. Yeah. We're going to yeah. do what we want. I think the the it reminds me of uh, there was one uh, I think it was a video music awards where the bass player for Rage Against the Machine they kind of got snubbed they felt like and so the bass player from Rage Against the Machine just starts climbing the the set dressing like he's climbing the scaffolding in the middle of the show and like in protest or something I don't even know what it was but that's kind of that attitude it's just like man I'm gonna do whatever I want that's awesome. and my manager will you know he'll write you a check for it or whatever it out, yeah. you know. Um, That's great. Yeah. They came out of the L.A. club scene in the mid-'80s. They signed a deal with Geffen Records for a $75,000 advance. Uh, I mention that because they had an offer for double that from Chrysalis Records, uh, but they rejected it because Chrysalis wanted to change their aesthetic, change their vibe, craft their sound a little bit, and Geffen offered them full creative control. So... um, so if they sign this Can't put deal, a price tag on freedom. Exactly. So they they if they sign this deal for double that with Chrysalis, Appetite for Destruction doesn't get made. Mm-mm. How about that? Um, it's called Appetite for Candy. Appetite, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Appetite for Yummies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and according to uh, I'll, you know what I'll say that for later. Uh, a huge part of the band's history at this point, like they have, they rule the world mm-hmm. at Use Your Illusion One and Two. Yeah. Right. They are. The biggest band in the world, probably. I'd say pretty much there. Yeah. I mean, at that coming off of Appetite for Destruction, there and is, the fans. You can release two separate albums because fans are like, "Ah, oh, we'll take whatever you got, and yeah, we'll make exactly. you number one and two. Yes, exactly. Give me more Guns and Roses yeah. now. Yeah, uh, they've since kind of fallen off of that, and part of it, part of it is their part of their history now is their stalled progress and their lineup changes. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll talk about this a little bit. Um, but like reading their Wikipedia page, their bio is like going around on a tilt a whirl. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like it, and, and kind of the thread running through it seems to be that like Axl Rose is kind of a disaster of a person. Uh, you know, I think interpersonally, socially, maybe, um, he's just a, he's a, 
kind of a different, <laughs> kind of a troubled, you know, guy. Maybe doesn't play so well with others. Um, <laughs> and and then the other guys kind of having this edge to begin with. You know what I mean? It's just I think it's just a very combustible relationship. Yeah, it, it's, you know? a, it's a recipe for destruction. It it's is like, a recipe for destruction, uh, and they all have the appetite already. Oh so goodness. they're like, just give me more Throw destruction. It all in the pot. Give me just I want need uh, destruction. Yeah. You want to meet them? Yeah, of course I do. Hey, let's meet the man. It's time to meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, let's meet the band. Guns yeah! N' Roses with Axel Rose, lead vocalist William Bro- Bruce Rose Jr. William Bruce Rose Jr. He sounds like such a sweet boy. I know. Bruce? William that's, that's harmless. Bruce Rose. Well, Bruce Lee, I guess, was pretty destructive. Only constant member since 1985. Uh, most recently in 2016, he toured as a vocalist for ACDC. Yeah, that's a great replacement vocalist. Yeah, if, Listen, yeah. if you got a, uh, that's one of the more solid, you know what I mean? That one like, makes sense. Yeah. Um, grew up in a Pentecostal church, even taught Sunday school. No kidding. Yeah. He was really? Just, imagine Axl Rose as your Sunday school teacher. How old could he have been? Because like, how old he is he in 85 when Guns N' Roses I mean, I don't know. forms? I guess some teenagers teach Sunday school to little kids, maybe. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, There you go. <laughs> like, he was probably still basically a teenager. At I this, guess. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Teaching wow. Sunday school. At 17, he discovered his parents' insurance papers and realized that his biological father's real name was Rose and took it. Huh. Um, he became the town delinquent after that. Arrested 20 times. Um, started a band. That's a lot of times to get arrested. A lot of times. Twenty times. Started a band called Axel A X L, and thus changed his name to Axel Rose. Huh. Um, first band was called Rapid Fire, then Hollywood Rose yep. um, with Izzy Stradlin and Chris Weber, not the Michigan Fab Five guy. <laughs> and then he formed Guns and Roses with Tracy Guns, Tracy Guns of yeah. L A Guns. And since then, lots of lineup changes. Yeah. Um, so Axel um, on lead guitar slash uh, Saul Huddleston. Is real yeah. Name. How about that? Left Guns N' Roses in 96 and formed the supergroup Velvet Revolver with yep. Scott Weiland and the Stone Temple Pilots. I like Fall to Pieces. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know I, wasn't a fa- I was re- totally <laughs> underwhelmed by Velvet Revolver. Oh, man. I love Sorry. Fall to Pieces. So good. Um, Time Magazine ranks him as the number two on the list of 100 electric guitarists of yeah. all time. While Rolling Stone puts him at 65. I, I'll say this. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, where do you put him? You can say what Okay, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say I don't give much credence to that Time Magazine list. I saw it also because Ingve uh, Malmsteen is also on that list. He made the list. He made the top ten, you know what I mean? And the fact that they seem, in fact, they, they, they kind of seem to take a dig at Ingve even in their two-sentence bio, it says... The Swede's super-fast neoclassical style, he credits Bach and Paganini as influences, is a blur of scales and technical precision. It almost makes you forget that the great bulk of his music is so fast that it's unlistenable. <laughs> that, and, uh, and but he made the list. He made their top ten, yeah. Yeah, me and so Rob like, saw Ingve Malmsteen as part of the G3 tour, mm-hmm. and we were very... <laughs> it's great for ten seconds. Man, It's he, mind-blowing yeah, for ten seconds. The first song, you're like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, and then he does it. Over and yes. over. It's like you've kicked 42 picks into the stands and you've spun your guitar around Seriously. so much. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't want to say what I think it's like. Anyway. Um, but uh, so I would put him more closely on the Rolling Stone list. Okay. Um, in the I, middle of the pack. In the middle of the pack. Here's for, for me. Okay. I don't know where he is. Is he in your top 20? 20? Top 20. I'd say just because of influence, maybe, and just because of. Notable riffs like Sweet Child of Mine puts him up there. Yeah. Not necessarily my favorite. And the solos on this. I mean, these are great. <sighs> Beautiful. They're, they're great. We should maybe listen to one of them. Let's There's take, like three let's, solid let's solos Let's take a break. Here. Pick one. Let's just go in order, I guess. Play yeah. the first one, and then we'll, okay. and we'll go from there. Here's kind of the next section of, uh, of where we were, where we, where we stopped before. Yeah, I know it's hard to keep an open heart. Even... This, this counter melody. So good.
come on. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's so melodic. Oh, it's and singable. Sweet. It's yes. Singable. So very singable. Oh, my. Just Get, beautiful. The yeah, tone. Everything. Perfect. About it. Guitar right? World puts November Rain guitar solo number six on its guitar solos of all time. Yeah. And you know what? Let's play the second one. Let's, okay. let's go, Let's go ahead. ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it because right. this is I'm feeling it now. So yeah. I'm in the mode. I'm in the mo the moment. So they basically go from that guitar solo to like four lines of lyrics straight into another guitar solo. Which is long enough for him to take a drag of a cigarette exactly. and then get going Wipe again. Wipe the sweat off his hands yeah. and go back for round two. Here we go. Here it comes. Just, if you're not air guitaring, yeah, you have to air guitar, right? Like we're not like I don't over the top air guitar, no. But with this, this definitely, uh-huh. I was air guitaring like every single note. Oh, absolutely. This is the yeah. It's which is weird because Slash is not one of my favorite guitarists. I feel like I don't feel like he has a distinct style that sets him apart from other guitarists. I kind of put him in that class of like. He's the best guitarist you could possibly ask for in your band. Okay. You know what I'm saying? In town. It, like you can it, find just him. Just period. Okay. He, like he's the best guitarist that you could find. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he's not an innovator. Okay. He's not a legend. You know what he's I'm saying? He's the guitar soloist in a band. He's not like, I see what you're saying, like not, you don't go to see Slash. Yeah. Like as the as the creator of something, you go to see the band and then Slash plays the guitar yeah, solo. Like he don't get me wrong, he's great. I'm saying he's great. He's the best guitarist that you could ask for. But there are just guys out there who are a, a notch beyond that who really carve out their own space sonically or um, you know, uh, with with some sort of originality or whatever, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm walking a, fi- a really fine line, but like he he, it's not like Slash doesn't have his own style. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He plays hard rock guitar, and mm-hmm. that's and that's what he does. He's written some great riffs. You know what I'm saying? And he's got some really tasteful uh, solo parts and some really just freaking rock and roll solo parts. But his playing is not something that sets him apart. You know what I'm saying? If you just, if you just, um, I, I don't really know how to say this, but if you, if you, if you heard uh, some of his solos and stuff like that, just kind of out of context, right? Just a guy playing, you go, man, that guy's a good guitar player. If you heard, let's say Eddie Van Halen, just because he's the first person that comes on my mind, you go, that's Eddie Van Halen. You know what I'm saying? Satch. Sounds like yeah, Satch. Exactly. Like, they just do certain things that you go immediately. Edge. Sounds like the edge. Yes. So, yes. I, so, like, you could hear Slash out of context and not know it was him. Mm-hmm. You would just go, man, that guy's a really good guitar that player. That makes sense. I see what you're saying. His mom designed uh, costumes for David Bowie. Of course. So Whose mom doesn't? <laughs> his dad made album covers for Joni Mitchell and, D- and Neil Young. That's cool. Got his nickname because he was always in a hurry, just zipping around. Yeah. Um, slashing around. And did, you, did you see what they called his brother? No. Ash. Slashing Ash. Come on. There you go. Um, started on bass, first instrument. He had a one-string bass guitar. Okay. So there you go. Played bass for presidents of the United States of America? <laughs> I guess, yeah. He's Gump. No, Lump. Lump Gump yeah. was the Gump's Weird, Weird Al, yeah. yeah. Shouts out to Weird Al. Uh, we we always try to whenever we can. Yeah. Uh, classmates with Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's very cool. That's a cool. We, uh, we need to do a Lenny Kravitz song. Oh, yeah. Um, audition for Poison. Didn't get in. Wow. So everybody gets in Poison. I don't know. How <laughs> did. I mean, they took CeCe Deville, who was good. Sorry. CeCe Deville's good. Blue Saracino's good. But anyway. Better than Slash? Po- faster than Slash. Uh, okay. I would think. Um, yeah. Maybe. In spots, no, yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, they both – listen, I, I'll give – CeCe is one of my uh, – I wouldn't like, take either of them in my band. Like, you know, Because <laughs> they would freaking wreck the place. Not because of talent. They've got the talent, but they are just be a – Just disasters. Yeah, tough uh, Does not work well with others. CeCe is one of my like guilty pleasure guitarists. Really? Not going to lie. Poison's Greatest Hits, uh, I listen to probably once a year. Man, we'll have to do a Poison song next yeah. season, so – um, so for that reason, he hates poison. Like they're his least favorite band. Slash hates Slash poison. Slash hates poison. Yeah, it's funny. So. Um, huge fan of horror movies and pinball machines. Yep. Why not? Also artists. He's also an artist, and he designed the Guns N' Roses logo. He designed oh, the GNR logo. That's cool. Uh, his favorite game is Angry Birds. <laughs> uh, might as well. Uh, gear, pretty most notably, if you see him, he's going to be playing a Gibson Les Paul. Yeah. Through a Marshall Beautiful. Silver Jubilee JCM two five 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 amp. Yeah, so, there you go. Just like what your classic rock and roll guitar still. Yeah, man. It's just literally. He said they said the he uh, they just plugged in and went. Like that's how he got. He's not a tone crafter so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Edge is like the ultimate tone chaser, mm-hmm. and he's got all the things. Slash is like whatever, man. Just guitar into plug amp. it in. Turn the thing up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like whatever, dude. Turn uh, the thing up. That's good. <laughs> Um, other guitar player, uh, Izzy Stradlin, Jeffrey Dean Isbell, his name, oh. left the band in 91, played his last show at Wembley Stadium. You're Not a bad out, way to go that's out. That's where you go, right? Um, he left the band because they were trying to cut the percentage of his royalties, and he was like, thank you, I've been here since day one. So that's how he left them. Interesting. So rejoined the group for a few shows in 93 as their new guitarist, Gilby Clark, broke his wrist. Mm. Um, and he's since then reunited with them on three different occasions or stints. So Izzy Stradlin. Um, on bass, Duff McKagan, Michael Andrew McKagan, left Guns N' Roses in 95 and formed another supergroup, which a lot of people do, called Neurotic Outsiders with Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols and John Taylor of Duran Duran. First lineup actually featured Billy Idol, but he was replaced by no Steve kidding. Jones. Yep. Oh. Avid writer for the SeattleWeekly.com and ESPN. He writes for ESPN now. It's no kidding. Cool. I always thought Duff McKagan was a super cool name. That's a great name. Like, right? Pfft. Yeah. Um, he had stints with Jane's Addiction and Alice in Chains, and he claims that Duff Beer in The Simpsons is named after him. Really? Yeah, he claims that like to this day, but Matt... Uh, Matt Groening, Groening, yeah. yeah, he says that's absurd. There's no <laughs> way, but Duff to this day claims that. Interesting. Um, on drums, Matthew Sorum, and I'm going to pause a minute to talk about his name because let's just talk about the first few members. Axel, not his real name, William Bruce Royster Jr., Royce Jr., Rose Jr., slash Saul Huddleston, Izzy Stradlin, Jeffrey Dean Isbell, Duff McKagan, Michael Ant. Like, he's yeah. the only one of the core he's that, Matt. that is Matt. Like, yeah. that's his name. And even the keys player, who we'll talk about here in a minute, has a nickname. So, original name. There you go. He was also in Velvet Revolver and the Neurotic Outsiders, both of their supergroups that both of them formed. Hmm. And he now plays with Kings of Chaos, which is a supergroup com- uh, combined, com- combined for- of Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, and Deep Purple. Huh. And so they just grew up, or they come up doing their covers of their own songs. Okay, so okay. Like they, can, they have members of each, so they can do them, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a tar- hard time speaking there. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, he grew up in marching band. His earliest earliest memories of life on the road, he got in a fist fight with members of Rat before they were <laughs> before they were Rat. Funny. So um, uh, his first big band was Why Can't Tori Reed, uh, which is fronted by Tori Amos. Really? Yeah. So that was his first band. He was the drummer for Tori Amos's first band. Uh, he then joined uh, the band The Cult in '89 before Guns N' Roses, and, and he's been a vegetarian since 2014. So okay, go. Matt Sorum. And the last member of the band on keys, Dizzy Reed, Darren Arthur Reed, longest-running Guns N' Roses band member. Um, he's been with them um, since Use Your Illusion, and he's been loyal to them since then. I think the neatest thing I found about him is he joined a frat in 2006, what? which is well over the age of most people. Oh, my gosh. To go join in a frat. So, Interesting. There you go. So if you're keeping track, you've got Axel, Axel slash, slash Dizzy. 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 And Matt, Duff, Duff, and Matt. And Matt. <laughs> yeah, good job, Matt. All right. So literally, ac- well, okay, yeah, nobody over two syllables. I was going to say Axel has the longest name, of, but it's, you've got Dizzy <laughs> Axel, and Izzy. So, yeah, yeah. That's, right. <clears throat> that's really funny. Uh, we talked a little bit about Slash's um, solos, and we're going to get to his last solo on this, which is just... Uh, it goes it goes to a place, y'all. Like mm-hmm. it, it like this is a cool song, you know what I'm saying? But uh here toward the end it it goes to a place and uh and then slash goes ham 
And but even still, it's melodic and memorable. Like that is so hard to do as a lead guitarist. Um, at least for me, I find it really hard to play solos that are singable. You know what I mean? To not just try to play fast. Yeah. To not just yeah. You know what's the most impressive thing I can do right now? Whether it's a whether it's speed or whether it's a lick or whether it's my knowledge of the scale, you know what I mean? Like it, just play something that people will remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something that Slash does really, really well, uh, especially on this song. Like his best display of that is on, you know, this song. Um, but uh, he said, uh, he said, this is what he said. And we mentioned this on the Kansas episode that they made the same claim. He said, uh, I think that demo session was the first time we played November Rain together as a band. Uh, we actually did it on piano and acoustic guitar. As far as the guitar solo, it was so natural from the first time I ever played it on the demo that I don't even know if I made any changes to it when we did the electric version on Use Your Illusion. I never even went back and listened to the old tapes. One of the best things about a melody for a guitar solo is when it comes to you the same way every time. And that was definitely the case with November Rain. When it came time to do the record, I just went into the studio Played the solo through a Les Paul standard and a Marshall 2555 Jubilee head and said, I think that sounds right. He said it was as simple as that. That's awesome. Like, whatever. I feel like Slash is is just whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's at the same time, like, infinitely punk and infinitely chill. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that's just his natural bent or if, uh, or if you know, he's... Um, on something. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I didn't know this. Did you know? Did you catch in his research that he was born in England? No. Uh-uh. He was born in Stoke-on-Trent, Staffordshire, England. Well, there you go. He is British-American. Wow. He, he holds dual citizenship. That's awesome. And his birth city is home to most of England's pottery industry. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, Man, where do you want to go? You want to hit? You want to just talk about the last section? Yeah, let's talk about or, the last guitar section, and then let's talk about the video. So okay. let's go last section. All right, here it is. So listen, we're getting to this. Do you, what do you think this song, I know what the video is about. Uh-huh. This song to me, closest I, closest I can get to it is a kind of a take me back song. Um, you know, it's like, it's almost, it's, it's this close to time after time. Uh, it's like, it sounds to me like a relationship that the, that the girl has decided she wants out of but he's trying to have a conversation with her to try and convince her you know what i'm saying like nothing lasts forever i know you know hearts can change right but we still can find a way so you think he's trying to get her to stay with him and be i think he's breaking up with her i think he's like babe nothing lasts forever even cold november rain he's just like i think he's the other side of it like i don't I don't know because he's he says he's like you need some time. I think he's trying to do a subtle breakup. Like <laughs> you need some time on your own. You go off and she's just like, no. What are you talking about? He's like, do you need some time all alone? Like kind of like you think he's like. I think it's I think it's an appeal to get back together. Okay, he's like you go take some time on your own and right. then but I'll be here. But I'll be, yeah. Okay. You know he said I I know it's hard to heal a broken heart when even friends seem out to harm you. Uh, but if but if you can what is it keep an open heart but if you can uh, heal if you a can. Bro- Heal a br- uh, anyway, what is? But it, let me pull up the lyrics. It's, I know it starts with that. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then at the end, he's the, the whole end section that we're about to play is. Don't you think that you need somebody? Don't you think this, that you need someone? This inner liner. I don't smoke, but this thing just smells like smoke. <laughs> when I open it up, it just it comes with a slashed cigarette inside it. I guess it's got slashes uh, ashes on the inside. But if you can heal a broken heart, okay. wouldn't time be out to charm you? There you go. Okay. So, like, I, I just think, to me, that's what I get. I think it's an, a, I think it's an appeal. A baby, come back. Okay. okay. Player. I, that's what there I get go. out of it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we're getting to the end of that, and then it's about to change moods. Oh, oh, yeah. We're going from B major to B minor. Ooh. Which, if you think about it, minor would be sadder. It yeah. would be, you know, the saddest of all keys. The saddest C of minor. all keys. That's right. Um, but uh, in this case... The minor part is the angry part and like the intense part, and the major part is the somber or not somber, but uh, more chill to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the major part is the. Um, I, I don't know if there's supposed to be a change in mood, mood. lyrically. You uh-huh. know what I mean? But um, it's the same kind of. You know, they do this really well also on uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." Uh-huh. It's major, right? Uh-huh. It's better. 
right? <laughs> and then they hand and it, they hit, they hit the end and it's, where do we go now? You know, it's got, it's really <laughs> intense. And, yeah. So they're pretty good at this like mood change. That's good. Um, so they're a is, moody band. They are a moody band. They're probably, uh, that's probably just Axel. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That feels like maybe the way Axel's living his life. Yeah. He would start the song crying and then he's angry and, and he's yell, like, let's fight. And then you he's know? like, hey, bud, how you doing? It's <laughs> yeah. like, you just punched me in the nose. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. As he's, you know, he's handcuffed in a, being driven away in a cop car. I love you. I know. <laughs> You know, like, whatever. We can still find a way! <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, let's hit this last section. And they, they do this great walk down. I'll leave it all, because this is so intense. You've got the symphony behind, right? This is pre, like, Metallica, s and You yeah. know what I mean? This is... Um, obviously, it's been done before, but this is a uh, this is a real moment for them, a real production. Um, so let's let's catch the ending of this, and then we'll just let kind of the rest of it speak for itself for a minute. Gracious. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's an experience. You know what I mean? You have to live through that song, you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah, he went from, uh, yeah, he's just yelling at you there at that point. He got the like, extra voices at the end. You're God, not the only one. Like, man. I mean, he straight up rhymed somebody with somebody yep. and someone and with someone. one. Yeah. And it felt different <laughs> each time. Like he just said something different each time. Yeah. But not really. Man, it's, it's just intense in your face. It's, yeah, it's so good. And this song, this song is almost uh inextricably linked to the video. Like you see, mm-hmm. you yeah, see. Yeah, if you've seen the video, you know then I mean? you're with it. Yeah. Like every time. You're yeah, just that's like good. slash standing up on a piano, Axel just going, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Uh you know. We talked recently about best bandana in rock. Yeah, Axel's got Axel's man, mm, he's in it. That's right. Like 1991, Axel. He he maybe he's in the conversation. He maybe have it. Um, I heard he worked on this song since 1983. Did you see that? That's what Tracy Guns said. Yeah, yeah. Tracy uh, Guns would say he would give him a hard time because he would always sit down and play it. And he's yeah. like, man, finish that song. Yes. So okay, on that, I'm so glad you said that because there there is a piano version, piano only version, indeed, from 1986. Okay, that is included in the Appetite for Destruction 30th Anniversary Super Deluxe Edition. It's only um, piano. Yeah, it's, it's just piano. Yeah, because I know he demoed an 18 minute version of that song. Yeah, before with the Nazareth guitar player Manny Carlton. Yeah, Manny, whatever that guy was. Um. Yeah. So, but uh, listen to this. Uh, it's it it kind of exposes the fact that, uh, and I'll I'll just say this that with uh, that the opening piano 
really isn't all that much to listen to without the strings behind it supporting it and kind of covering its weaknesses. Okay. okay? Um, that it, like, it's fine, but it just kind of does sound like the kind of thing that a guy who knows one thing on the piano would sit, sit down, down and play, play every time he sees back. the piano. Okay. Everybody knows that guy. You know uh-huh. who I'm talking about? Absolutely. That they know one riff. They sit down and play Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue every time they uh-huh. find a piano. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the level... I feel like that this opening riff is on without the strings behind it, okay. giving it some added some thickness. Uh, yeah, some added um, gravitas, right? Okay, so take a listen here. This is the November Rain piano version. Also in C, not B. I think he plays it tuned down. Piano's out of tune. It's like he learned heart and soul, and they're like, take these chords and put them. That's the one that gets me. Anyway, I'm not like I'm not knocking it. God bless the guy for it. He made a bajillion dollars in one of the coolest songs in history. But uh, you know, it uh, the strings really help. Is all I'm saying. The strings really help that to feel like kind of more than it really is. That to me sounded like if you just said I'm going to play you this, I'd be like, oh, that's neat. Some eight year olds learning to play November Rain. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. That's awesome. He'll get it one day. (laughs) Day. Oh, that's so accurate. That's a deadly accurate. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, we got to talk a little bit about the video. Uh, yeah. Huge budget, million dollars, approximately $1.5 So I looked up the most expensive videos. Did you look at that? Uh, no. no. Number one most I, expensive video ever. Take a guess. I, I think it is still Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. Scream. Yes, Scream. $7 million. Yeah. Um, this video wasn't even the most expensive Guns N' Roses video. Oh. Um, Estranged, which is another oh. one off of here, is uh, $5 million. Because wow. Have you seen Estranged? Uh, I have never seen the video. Not since the 90s. I, I don't even remember seeing it ever until I was looking at this. I was like, what made it so expensive? There's freaking Elephants. Limos, uh, dolphins, battleships, airplanes. Oh my God. It's like a mini movie with live concert shots in there, too. It's nine minutes and 46 seconds long. Yeah. So imagine nine minutes and 46 seconds of expensive things. Yeah. I mean, so that's why. And it's, it's part of a uh, trilogy. Estranged, uh, this and. Civil War or Don't Cry? I think it's Don't Cry, Don't Cry. kind okay. of form a trilogy, yeah. yeah. And, um, and all of them, all of them with kind of bigger, expensive videos that yeah. are very cinematic and whatever. But man, that's wow. That's a lot. I, to to not be memorable, absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't know. Strange, yeah. yeah. Like I didn't exactly. before. I, I don't know the song or the video. I remember them both from the time, but I, I don't couldn't sing you either. I one. think I'd seen the last clip because at the maybe not because at the end it's got you know Axel there and he's like beside a dolphin. Like, there's a live dolphin there at the end of the shot. So cool. it's like what the heck. Um, one thing I do want to add um, before we get out of here is 2006. It was voted the number one rock song in New Zealand. And we have a big New Zealand following. What's up, New Zealand? So we thank you out there in New doing? Zealand for keeping us relevant out there. New Zealand strong. We do know this song did drop to number two in 2007 behind Back in Black, which is an ACDC song. Okay, so yeah. ironic that Axel's still still singing some popular stuff in True. New Zealand. So. Yeah, this was MTV's top video of 1992. Really mature video for a rock band in like 91 92, don't you think? Uh, big budget, very cinematic. Even in the live performance, you know what I mean? It's like at that widescreen, 24 frames a second, mm-hmm. you know, feel. Um, I, I just think comparatively, like, the, okay, the, the top five videos listed by MTV um, that year are November Rain, uh, End of the Road, Boys to Men, okay. Under the Bridge. That's Chili what peppers, I would compare yeah. it to stylistically. You know what I'm saying? Under the Bridge, I feel like, was your typical rock video at that time grainy footage mm-hmm. uh you know what i mean and this was very not that very clean very pretty as classy as you can call guns and roses sure you know i'm mm-hmm. st- you know standing on an eight foot grand piano <laughs> yeah. with a cigarette in your mouth uh-huh. playing rock guitar yeah it was as classy as that can be mm-hmm. um 
the other was uh, Jeremy, the color version, which also had its own thing, right? Jeremy mm. was very much its own aesthetic. Uh, and then actually number five that year was Right Now by Van Halen. There you but go. which was that still that very uh, kind of grungy-looking video. Um, you know what I mean? So this is very It's a good clean. year for videos. It was a good year for Goodness videos. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it definitely wrong. was. Uh, this, was the, this was the first video made in the pre-YouTube era to reach one billion views on YouTube. Okay. So like people go back and watch it. Right. Like other videos hit one billion views first, but they originated on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, Everything when it comes out is typically gonna get a jump because yeah. it's fresh. Right. Whereas this has got the nostalgic where people go back and nostalgia. It yeah. doesn't get the nostalgia. I was with really, really surprised to see that this is at a billion that's a views lot. on YouTube. Like that's I mean, that's a lot. A billion one hundred billion yen. That's a bunch. <laughs> um how about this? Couple notes on the video. The priest in the video, okay, a, uh, an Italian guy named Gianna, Gian. Uh, I'm going to screw it. We're great with names, everyone. I th- yes, I think it's Gian Antonio. Okay, I think that's actually how it comes out. Gian Antonio, uh, G I A N Antonio. Okay, uh, he was a friend of Axel's, and unbeknownst to the band, by total total um, accident, the church that that they used for the interior shots. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Axel's getting married right in the video. Um, the church that they used for the interior shots was where that guy, that priest, had performed some of his last services eight years prior to the shooting of the video. He had actually done some of his last services as a priest ah, in that interior like shot. Welcome home. Yeah, isn't it cool? Uh, and you can't talk about the church in that video without talking about the exterior church that they use where Slash, Slash is, just is out in front. Out man, in front in New wind Mexico. Blowing. Gosh, that's yeah. so cool. Uh, so it's a, it's a, just go watch the, if you've never seen the video, Go go watch it. If you if you've seen it, go watch it again. If they ever made electricity in the ground, that's where it was. Yeah. Like he plugged into the ground. Yeah, into straight in. And, and, and it's awesome. He's standing out there with his Les Paul and his and his leather jacket, probably with no shirt on underneath, I think. And I don't think Slash has ever worn a shirt in his life. <laughs> I, not that I can imagine. Maybe for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Maybe. Um but uh, he just doesn't invest in shirts. He's like, I'd rather go with a good vest, you know? Um, but like, so he's standing in front of this tiny, tiny chapel. You'd that- be like, your mom made stuff for David Bowie. Can't she make you a shirt? Just make a shirt. <laughs> I can't, son. I got to get all this stuff to Bowie. <laughs> That's right. Bowie needs all the shirts, okay? <laughs> no shirts for you. No shirts for you. Uh, so he's standing in front of this tiny chapel, which incidentally ends up being the chapel in from the movie Desperado. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but they but they put this the, the entire building on the back of trucks and moved Just it shifted around. to this New Mexico like desert spot. And and then they have a helicopter come in and film slash while he's playing these it's solos. Awesome. So and the the uh director uh actually is a guy who like Slash asked him what he did, and he said, like, I'm the director slash art director slash whatever slash whatever. And Slash is like, well, I'm just Slash. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he's inside the tiny chapel with a walkie-talkie communicating with the helicopter so they can time the shots and be able it's to freaking pull wartime off. out yeah. in the desert. Yeah. And, yeah. and Slash is just sitting it's there so good. rocking out. Um, and then uh, – so it was shot in several locations, a uh, couple of sets in New Mexico, and it was shot the – the live element was shot at LA's Orpheum Theater. Famous. Sounds to me like they wanted to say, "What's they don't care about?" Like they're like, "What's the most expensive way we can do this?" Yeah, right. Like we could do it on a swivel camera. No, let's go get a oh, helicopter. Let's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get a helicopter. You know, tons of tons of videos have live live footage. Obviously, that's sort of the first um, video like trope was just bands playing the songs live. It was the cheapest way to do it, but they found the most expensive way yeah. to, to shoot live footage for a video, you know, but it's awesome. It's I great. mean, it, like even the, the live footage, it's, it's so cinematic. And so it's in it, my top 10 favorite music videos. Ever. Oh gosh. Yeah. I Absolutely. think it's gotta be, it's gotta be. Um, and then sort of the plot to the video, um, as famously explained by, uh, Wayne Campbell of Wayne's world <laughs> is, uh, where Slash's wife gets, Killed by a freakishly huge hail nugget. It's right, like they get married, everything's cool. They're at the reception, and then comes the November rain, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and it starts. It it's not hailing in the video, um, but uh, but the, the story goes one way or another that weather related. Uh, his wife. I don't know if she, she could have caught a cold and died. She could have caught pneumonia and died. I don't know. But <laughs> could have uh, choked on a raindrop. Yeah, but if I t- if Mike Myers tells me it was a freakishly huge hail nugget, then I believe it. Um, and the state, then at the at the end of the video, they say based on the short story, uh, I think it's called "Without You" by Del James. And Del James was a friend of the band who is now there. I think he's their road manager. Okay. Um, and he had written this short story, and they based the the video off of it. Um, 
And so, and I think Either also... they really liked the story or they really liked Dale James. Yeah, I think it was kind of both. They're mm-hmm. like, man, let's just use Dale's story. It's close enough to what we're going for here, you know. Gives it that same... Uh, you know, when the, uh, when the, the, like the cake is getting rained on and it starts to go to that ending piano part, which is awesome. The coolness of the, of the, is it overtakes the not coolness of the beginning piano part. You know what I'm saying? It levels that sucker right out. Um, and, uh, th- like the, the video takes a turn there too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just got cool shots at the end of like the roses on the casket getting rained on and, you know, just very, very, very good video. Really good. Uh, I'd be interested, actually, to take stock sometime of, like, our favorite videos. I know we're not a video podcast, but, like, it'd be, an, it'd be a good good conversation, good talk. We'll find the right episode and throw it in there. Absolutely. Be good. Absolutely. Be good. I got one, uh, maybe one other note on this, okay. I think. Uh, and then I got a couple of covers, okay? Okay, okay, before okay. We, before we close down on season three. Um, there was a performance of the song... On the 1992 MTV Video Music Awards, which were like the biggest VMAs of all time. That mm-hmm. was like peak year for production on the VMAs. Um, but it was funny. Dana Carvey was the host that year, uh, speaking of Wayne's World. and he goes, Garth Algar. Yeah, Garth. Um, he introduced them. He goes, here they are between court dates, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> That's great. And uh, they, you know, they killed, they killed November Rain. It was really good, really solid live. It's always disappointing to hear a band that doesn't quite pull it off live, mm-hmm. but they, they really did. They were still in their prime, right? Like uh, Axel might not be able to pull off everything now, that he could then, yeah. but uh, it was yeah, it was really very solid. And they they did a performance. Um, I I don't honestly remember if it was this performance. I think it was uh, where Axel played opposite Elton John. Okay, they both played big grand pianos, like eight foot grands. Did facing Elton each sing other. with them or just no? Play? Elton just played mm-hmm. and played the whole thing, uh, which is weird to have two acoustic pianos. You know, whatever. Elton was playing like a midi, uh, a white midi grand, I think. But um, anyway, uh, some people said that that was because Axel had like been accused of like homophobic okay. tendencies so and his way attitudes and whatever. And so much like Eminem, Elton John is just the guy. If you want to convince people that you're not a homophobe, you call, <laughs> call Elton, Elton John, John and be like, listen, can we like hug each other on a stage somewhere and like help everybody know that, I, you know, that we're cool? Um, I guess he's just that dude, you know. He Elton John speaks for all the gays and and the LGBTs of everyone. And so if you can if you can get Elton to like hug you or whatever, then it's all cool. Obviously, uh, everybody knows that you don't have any of those problems. So uh, like Michael Scott kissing Oscar on the <laughs> yes, office. Absolutely, yes. This is the equivalent. Yeah. Um, okay, couple of covers, and then and then we're out of here. Um, this is a, a, a rather nice version for what it is by Steven Seagulls. We've talked about them okay. before, right? Uh, kind of a, um, kind of a bluegrass, whatever. Um, it's really nice kind of once everything kicks in, I'll play a little bit of it and then I'll, I'll let it kick in here about three minutes and 30 seconds in. This is from the album brothers and farms, by the way. <laughs> When I look into your eyes, I can see your love restrained. But darling, when I hold you, don't you know I feel the same? There's nothing lasts forever, and we both know hearts can change. All right, so let's let this kick in here. Around the three minute and thirty second mark, Let's see what happens. Oh, I expected him to go high there. It's nice, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when your fears subside and shadows still remain. Anyway. It is what it is, you know? It's nice. It's just it'll get you it'll get you there. Um it's definitely not uh you know, the same vibe, but, uh, and then there's one more, uh, this is by ghetto blaster LTD from the album bossa and roses. Uh, and I thought this was pretty dope. Uh, Oh, and then it got to the second verse. I'm not mad at all, yet. 
I will be. this to my library. I downloaded this. seconds in and downloaded this right uh-huh. like i was like i want this <laughs> and then it got to that and i just burned my house down i went full <laughs> axle <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh like why it was so cool and smooth and then exactly oh man the it, same girl that just learned how to play november rain on piano like they're like <laughs> come back and sing this part oh such angry made me many such sad oh i think we need to send it out with the last part like okay. that'll be the send them out for the season let's so do it that's <sighs> guys it's been a it's been a good run this season guys thank you so much it's that time again it's time to close up shop since we're together, we might as well say, could, could you, you be, be mine? mine? Oh, man. Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Here's what we want you to Hi, do. Hi, podcast neighbor. All right. We're going to take a little hiatus. Stick short, with us, please. short hiatus. Stick with us, please. Uh, we've, got, we've got season four planned already. Like We're ready to go on season four as far as what we know we're, we're going to do. We're going to try and do some stuff in between seasons to make sure that you guys don't forget who we are and don't forget that we still love you and we miss you and we'll see you soon. Linda, why won't you call me back? <laughs> uh, you know, we'll be outside your house. Um, no, but seriously, keep up with us on Facebook, uh, the, the group Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly, uh, or Facebook.com slash groups slash Great Song Pod. You can find us on Twitter, always at Great Song Pod. I'm at Worship Nerd if you want to hit me up directly. JP is at Penny Trader 10. Um, and uh, man, we're, we got some stuff planned. We're going to try to do some fun stuff over the break. And uh, and then we'll be back, man. Once once uh, once summer is is over, we'll be back better than ever with season four of the Great Song Podcast. And we've touched on it, but we really have enjoyed the interactions this season. There's yeah. been a lot more, not just on social media, but when you see us and talk to friends, please bring it up. We love to talk about it. Yes. So, and people that you inter- have introduced us to that are listening to the podcast, that's the best. It's yeah. when you're like, hey, this is JP from the Great Song, or this is Rob from the Great Song Podcast, and they yep. know something about it. That absolutely makes our day. So yeah. thank you so much for this season. If you could, over the off season, do me a favor and just introduce one person to the show. Just evangelize for the show. <laughs> one person. Just, you, you know what I'm saying? One, bring one next week That's to right. church. Just right. go knock on knock on doors. Do you excuse me, do you know the Great Song Podcast <laughs> has a great plan for your life? <laughs> If you could do that for me, that would be amazing. Leave a sticker or a track under their door (laughs) with an invite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Seriously, you guys are amazing. We've we've uh, grown to to love and know a lot of you online. So thanks so much for supporting the show, for listening. You guys are buying merch. You guys are you know kind of getting into what we're doing, and we really appreciate it Uh, from all over the world too, not just here in the states. For for listeners all over the world, we just want to say thanks for an amazing third season and an amazing. What are we up to? Seventy five episodes now ish. Uh, something like that so uh it's just been an amazing run we uh, we might hit 100 episodes next season that'd be amazing oh man if we could end if we could end the season with a hundredth episode we will go double barrel um (laughs) yeah so anyway until we see you at the beginning of season four signing off i'm rob i am jp go listen to some music 